All right, welcome to the third episode of our Spiral Dynamics series. Um, I'd encourage you, if you haven't watched the introduction and the prior episode, Stage Purple, I'd encourage you to do that before we t jump into today's topic, Stage Red. That'll really give you a good foundation. Uh, to be honest with you, while all of these videos can be watched individually, or, or podcasts, I should say, can be listened to individually, um, it's, it's going to really help you um, have a bit of context and 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 see the progression uh, more clearly if you listen to these episodes in order. Um, and so if you're jumping in late, I, I'd encourage you to go back to the, the introduction and work through in order. Um, all right, well, without further ado, let's jump in. Stage red. Okay, so we're on to the next stage, which is stage red. Now, stage red is most commonly called warrior stage. And as we go through this stage, you're going to see why. Um, it's a very um, egocentric, very me, me, me centric stage. Um, it will carry a lot of stuff from tribal. Um, and so to the undiscerning eye, you might just see um, it as very selfish tribalism. And in a sense, maybe it is. Um, it carries a lot of the elements, a lot of the, uh, the mysticism and all of that, it will bring on with it. And so I want you to be very careful as we go through this stage that you're looking for the nuances. You're looking for the elements that are different, the elements that are the same, um, because this is gonna help you figure out where you're at with some of this stuff. You might find that um, for the most part, um, this stage, warrior, uh, this, uh, it's, it's also known as fighting or egocentric stage. It's, it's so egocentric that it's often known as the egocentric stage. Um, it, uh, you, you, you might find that realistically about 20% of the, of the planet are probably at stage red. So it's a very, very small population still. Um, so tribal stage red, you're looking at, uh, what, what many would call quote unquote uncivilized cultures, um, maybe uh, more rural areas. Um, you're gonna think things like um, maybe areas that are run by warlords, dictators, things like that. And so you'll see a lot of that throughout Africa, maybe even the tail end of uh, the Middle East um, has had some elements of warrior still. Um, and so there's definitely warrior in the world. There is no question about it. As I said, about 20% most people estimate um, but if you are watching this from maybe, a, again, I, I hesitate to use the phrase, but a more quote unquote civilized uh, culture, society, somewhere in the West, you know, America, Europe, um, maybe large parts of Africa, large parts of, uh, uh, large parts of Africa, Asia, all sorts of different areas that um, maybe historically have been seen as less civilized would still be well beyond the stage of stage red, okay? so. Um, there's a good chance if you were born in any of these kind of areas that you yourself haven't grown through the cultural element of purple or red, of, of tribal or warrior. However, there is a very significant chance, especially if you, um, as I assume most people watching this, have come through some form of Christianity, that you will have definitely experienced um, elements of personal red and cultural red through the lens of religion. Okay, so this is where it becomes very important is how we see it through the lens of religion. But we're gonna look at it a bit more holistically initially so we can understand the mindset. We can get into the mind of someone that is at stage red. How are they thinking? How are they operating? How, what, what kind of uh, perspectives and worldviews 
are driving them to come to the conclusions that people come to at this stage, okay? So this stage, as I said, um, stage purple kind of um, emerged onto the scene around 50,000 years ago, um, tailing off towards about 10,000 years ago for the majority. Um, again, remember when I'm making broad generalizations, I understand that doesn't cover everything. So when I say in general, it ended around 10,000, that probably means that the world shifted more towards red than it would have purple. Okay, um, and maybe even more towards some later stages. And so generally speaking, when I'm using a broad generalization, when I say the conservative church is like this or something like that, I'm, I'm just using a general thing like that maybe more than 50% of people in the conservative church would think like this or something like that. Okay, so um, please understand, I, I know that there's nuance. I know that there's um, all kinds of elements. I know there's gray zone. I know that not everyone is the same in these, uh, these movements, especially when I'm talking about specific examples, if I say something like conservative church, charismatic church, or I even say American or British person or something, I understand that these are really complex areas. You know, I could say most Americans, uh, you know, uh, Americans love the flag. And what I mean is most Americans do seem to love the flag. It's actually interesting, statistically, they don't, uh, only about, um, about 30% see the flag as very important in America. But anyway, <laughs> completely ridiculous aside, um, I'll try and keep those to a minimum because this will be a, a long video again. Um, but what I'm saying is in generalities, uh, I understand that there's nuance. Don't get fixated on, uh, on something like that. If I say, oh, the charismatic church is a bit like this. If you're charismatic, try not to get fixated on, well, I'm not like that. You may well not be. You also may be, and you might be unable to see it because of where you're at, and that's okay as well. Um, but try not to get too caught up and, and bogged down and, and end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater, okay? So generalizations. So again, generalization, generally speaking, red came onto the scene about 10,000 years ago, okay? Um, and so we're gonna see a lot of red in uh, the early Bible uh, because this is, you know, the stage where red is, uh, is, is very, very dominant and it's transitioning into uh, blue. And so we're going to see red as I go through a lot of the elements of red. You're going to see that in the Old Testament very clearly. And you'll see it even in the New Testament as it talks about some cultural elements as well, because culturally people were still very red. The, the religion was still very red in some ways. Okay. So what are some key elements, traits, uh, values of people at red? As I said in the introduction, one of the, the phrases that sums up red perfectly is might is right, okay? If you are in power, you are right. If you are strong, you are right. If you are healthy, you are right. Um, there is a, a very strong correlation in the mind of someone at red that says whoever is in power, whoever has strength, whoever is victorious, if you go into battle and you win, well, you were right. God was with you and he was not with the people that lost. And so a very um, strong emphasis on power and force. Um, you're gonna see that a lot, violence, power. Um, there's a strong uh, uh, desire and pleasure element to red because red is very egocentric. So it's, it's kind of done with being a, a, a team player that tribal um, was very much a team player, was all about the, the general greater good of the group and a very, from a very selfish position. But actually, and um, there's a swing towards a me-centered, well, what about me? And so the person that comes out of tribal into red is gonna start going, well, I want what I want, okay? That's important to me. And you'll see, you'll see this in a small child, right? So small children, as they develop, you'll see um, that they start to learn to operate and, and, and work as a family, but very quickly they grow their ego, their self, and they start to scream and yell and want their own way. And this is the, the terrible twos, you know? It's a great example of, uh, of, of red. 
Um, and so pleasure and being impulsive is a big part of uh, stage red as well. You'll see a lot of aggression at stage red. Control is of utmost importance and it will be fought for violently. And so people at stage red want to be in control. They want to have power because that's how we know we're right. That's how we know God is on our side. That's how I know I am the right person. And when they are not in power, when they are not in control, they can get violent. They can get aggressive. They can uh, take that position by force. Okay. So this is um, commonly seen in all sorts of society throughout history. Even today, we see this in um, in very red kind of uh, people groups and, and cultures. We mentioned like hate groups in the last one. Very common red position to be a, a, a violent uh, militant hate group, you know. Um, and so not just uh, saying we don't like abortion, but actually when abortion is legalized, wow, we are going to go and bomb an abortion clinic or we are going to go and attack people. Um, very, very red mentality because they are, are scared of losing control. Control means you're right. So does this mean that they're right? No way it means they're right. We'll take control back. God will be on our side. Very red mentality. Okay. Um, now, of course, you can have red mentality and not be fully red. Okay. So you can still have a mentality that says, oh no, God hates abortion and therefore we are against it. And therefore, we need to take control of our government and change the law. That's a very red mentality. You don't have to uh, go and bomb the abortion clinic to, to have a red mentality, okay? So um, there are shades and gray and, and nuance to it. So, so people that live today in most civilized societies are going to be blue and orange later stages that are much less aggressive, much less violent, more aware of society and the need for rules and structure. And so they might want red. Uh, from, from a red position, they might want control, they might want things to be their way, they might even see that as validation that they're right, but they're gonna go about it in a less aggressive and violent way because it just won't fly and they're aware of it, okay? So understand that there is nuances. When I'm giving you these examples, I'm giving you the, the, the most clear cut, cookie cutter examples and I'm not saying that everyone is going to be like that, okay? Um, so red tends to be a little bit less magical and more literal um, and so there's a, a slight loosening of the grip of everything being super supernatural and un, unknowable because red starts to take control of its own life. It starts to starts to um, understand power dynamics and things like that. And so it, it takes a little bit of ownership and responsibility for that. Now it's still mostly magical and mystical and it doesn't understand what's going on um, and it attributes most things to the gods and it's scared of demons and scared of gods. So that's still very, very much an element of red, but it is loosening. And so we're going to see a bit of a loosening in that. Um, and that was very much a transformational dilemma for tri tribal to, to start letting go and to start taking some, excuse me, some autonomy and some, um, some personal ownership of, of life. Um, so that's definitely um, taking place as we see people moving into red. Um, red typically will have a person or maybe one or two people that are in absolute authority, but generally speaking, um, they don't play well with others. And so generally speaking, when people move into red, you'll see them in charge of a tribe. So they'll be in charge of a group of people that are at tribal stage and a red person will take control of that. They'll manipulate it. And if there's more than one red, they will clash constantly. They will butt heads, they will fight. There may be um, backroom uh, killings and, and deals and all sorts of crazy stuff going on, which if you read a, any of history and politics and religion, we see that happening constantly going on. Very red mentality because reds don't play well together because they see 
God's approval is them being ultimately in power and, and having power. And so when other people have power, they don't like it. They don't like to play uh, with those people at all. Um, generally speaking, this person in absolute authority who makes all the rules can never be questioned. You do not question a red if you want to keep your head. Okay, um, so generally speaking, uh, we'll see red, uh, you know, groups that, that follow red, people that are looking for a parent, a god, a pastor, a boss, a teacher, you know, they will, will just not question that position. If, if you're in tribal, they just won't question it. And a person that rises up and takes that position can often be red. And I'm not saying all parents are red, all pastors are red, all bosses are red, or gods are red, not at all, but they will look to uh, a position of authority and 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 take often they'll take authority reds okay so often they will use a position like that they will they will come to be the pastor and they will come to uh, be the god in that that society that 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 voice person the uh, voice of god you know and um, very red mentality to do that okay um less evolved and enlightened parents that just yell well because i say so that's a very red response okay it doesn't understand the dynamics and it just wants to assert its authority and so red can happen in all sorts of different contexts and all sorts of different contexts can look like different stages okay um to a red person the world is very black and white there is the right the wrong. There's, you know, me in power, everyone else not in power. There is God on my side, definitely not on their side. It's totally devoid of gray. There is no gray to a red person at all, none whatsoever. In fact, we're not going to see gray for a while. Um, it, it, there's no gray in tribal, there's no gray in red. Um, they, they are very black and white in how they see the world and, and understand the world. It's very dualistic. Um, and so, yeah, we, we need to watch for dualism. And uh, if there's still a lot of dualism in us, we, we may be part of some of these earlier stages. You know, purple, reds, blue is, a, is still very dualistic. In fact, if we really get into dualism and a bit more philosophical, even the very later stages can be quite dualistic at times, okay? Um, to reds, there is very little guilt, if any, because to reds, I am right. I am God's chosen. I am correct. My interpretation is correct. My group is correct. I am leading correctly, I am doing correctly. They don't feel guilt. So a red person can go into another um, civilization and kill every man, woman, and child and go, well, God told me to, so that I don't feel guilt about killing these people. I don't feel bad about it. I'm not gonna stay up at night worrying about me killing all these innocent people. No, because God told me to. And this is how you see tyrants, I mean, terrible, terrible, um, examples, people like Joseph Coney, you know, who's got child soldiers and he's mutilating people and killing people, but he believes God is on his side, that he is, you know, the, the, the Lord's resistance army. They are on God's side and everyone else is evil. Everyone else is bad. Everyone else is against God and therefore against him. In fact, people being against him is just evidence that they are ungodly. Um, and we see this in maybe mentality of people like Westboro Baptist Church, right? So the, just the fact that you don't like the Westboro Baptist Church means you're demonic, means you're evil, means you're ungodly, okay? Just the fact that you try and have a rational conversation with them means you're demonic, means you're evil, means you're against them. You know, like, this is, uh, this is a, a very black and white way of thinking. And it's obviously when you start to understand a bit more rationality, there, there's no ration to that. It's totally... Um, it's totally disconnected from a, a rational, logical train of thought, but it totally makes sense to someone at Red. They, they have no concept of uh, a people that might be loved by God, but be different or be in control of another thing. No, I'm in control. That's how this works. Um, 
we will uh, see that reds tend to have only a fear of God. The only person they are scared of is God. Now, of course, they're operating in fear constantly. They're scared of other tribes. They're scared of people being right and them being wrong and all these different elements to some degree. But, but generally speaking, the person that they ultimately fear is God. Um, and so they uh, are uh, terrified that God's wrath is gonna come upon them or their people, the people they're in charge of because they do something wrong. And so the only time you'll see Reds worried about whether they're right or wrong is because they think God will judge them. God will pour out his wrath on them. Um, otherwise, generally speaking, and even then, they'll twist and shape what they want uh, God's wrath to be orientated around, around themselves. They, they, they're very good at, Reds are very good at making God in their own image, as we saw tribal do. Tribal make everything spiritual from their perspective. So that's good. That's a God, that's a demon based solely on their understanding of good and bad and right and wrong. Reds do that as well. Um, and just as tribal was very fearful of God, red is fearful of God. Um, and they, they use that fear of God to manipulate and control people around them as well. So they will, they will threaten uh, the wrath of God on anyone that disagrees with them. They will, uh, they will say, well, you need to fear God. If you go against me, you're going against God. And that's something to be deeply fearful. Do you want to spend eternity in hell? Because that's what you get for preaching something different to me. That's what you get for uh, siding with that tribe over my tribe. You know, that's what you get for voting for that leader, not me. Uh, whatever it looks like, it's, it's, it's something that's used as a weapon, the fear of God, the wrath of God. Um, so it's not just something they fear, but they actually utilize that fear and push it and, 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 and um, project it onto other people. Red is very much about self-gratification. It's all about me, me, me at this stage. So remember, we, we go from beige, which was me, to uh, tribal, uh, to, to purple, which was a, a we dynamic, a, a very group dynamic in the tribal sense although very selfish, it was, it was me within a we. Um, now we go to a very me focused, very, very me. Um, the leader in, in, in any kind of red community is the one that takes force, uh, takes leadership by force, by violence, by manipulation, by power, aggression. These are good traits to someone in red. Um, they're bad traits when used by someone else. They'll demonize it, they'll say it's uh, the demons, the demonic, it's anti-God, it's ungodly. But when I use it, it's God, it's, I'm, I'm exerting God's force, I'm bringing God's kingdom, that kind of mentality. Okay, so let's look at a few examples so we can um, kind of just see how this might work in, in different um, ways that are maybe more nuanced. Again, when I bring up examples, you'll find some of these examples overlap. So some of these examples you're gonna find in different um, stages because different stages um, feed into different uh, worldviews, okay? So when I said tribal, uh, was was very uh, us and them mentality. Well, red is gonna be very us and them mentality as well. It's gonna be very much, it's me or everyone else. I'm right, you side with me and you're right, or you side with anyone else and you're wrong. So that's an overlap, isn't it? It's, it's, it's maybe more egocentric in a sense. It's, it's more focused on the individual, um, but there's still an overlap there. And we're gonna see that overlap continue as well um, onto into stage blue, which is still very us and them. Um, just the us gets a little uh, broader. Um, so uh, one example I brought up already is the terrible twos, right? So it's toddlers starting to learn their identity, learn to say no, learn to communicate what they want, learn to communicate what they don't want. And this is a toddler screaming and shouting and using force and aggression and everything at their disposal to get what they want. Um, now remember, and I'm gonna say this again and again in all these videos, there is no right or wrong. There is no bad or good. 
as far as what stage you're at. And so a toddler screaming and shouting in the middle of the supermarket, it might feel like the worst thing that's ever happened, right? And, you know, I've been in that situation where you just, you, you wanna just curl into a ball and die. And, and you can't say that that's a good thing, but it is a good thing. It is a good thing. Believe it or not, it's really important that that toddler learns these elements. It learns the communication. It learns to, to figure out who it is and, and its, its identity and start standing up for itself and communicating its needs and understanding its needs and understanding that other people are often the people that bring um, something to fulfill those needs, you know, understanding uh, me and them. Um, there's loads of tools and dynamics involved here. So when I say something like ter terrible twos, I'm not saying it as a bad thing, actually. This is a very good stage as well, okay? Now, obviously there's an ultimate ceiling to that. So the toddler will scream and scream and, and it'll do everything it can for a few weeks, months, years, it feels like at times. But at some point it's gonna hit the ceiling and realize this isn't working anymore. Maybe I could do this more effectively. Maybe if I just use my words and communicated more effectively. Maybe if I occasionally took responsibility, maybe, you know, it's gonna figure out that, that there's, there's, it hits a ceiling and it's gonna transcend and include, okay? So really important that we understand that these examples are not bad or good in a sense, um, they just are. This is where the person is, this is where they're at. So another example might be shamans. So in, in um, more tribal cultures, maybe more ancient cultures, I'm, I'm sure there's shamans today as well. Um, these people use power, use force, use aggression. Um, they, they use um, a connection with the divine that other people don't have. Uh, whether that's true or not is, is of course uh, debatable, um, but they use that to uh, their, for their own benefit, right? So these are the most powerful people in tribes. These are the most powerful people in the village, you know, and they, they benefit from this very much and they're very aware of it. And there's all sorts of stories of them manipulating and, and using that to uh, assert and, and, and maintain their power and their authority. Um, early years bullying, right? So very young children bullying uh, looks very red, right? So. Um, in the workplace, bullying can look very different, right? It's gonna be less aggressive and violent, um, might be a bit more nuanced. Maybe it is aggressive and violent. Uh, either way, it's wrong. We're not saying that's a good thing. Um, but in early years bullying, we're seeing kids trying to learn their limitations. We're gonna see them run up and hit a kid on the head so it can take the ball. And that's, of course, quote unquote, bad behavior, but it's a kid learning real dynamics, learning interaction, learning how to communicate with people, learning again to communicate its needs and its wants and figuring out the boundaries of that, okay? So these are healthy um, progress uh, processes um, demonstrated and, and, and outworking in unhealthy ways, okay? So early years bullying would be a great example of that. Rebellious youth, um, people that uh, really rebel in their youth can often be very red. Uh, we can see a lot of red behavior. You would see a lot of criminals are very red, right? You know, uh, I want that, I'll steal it, I'll kill for it, I'll, I'll, I'll rape. Um, these are all very red behaviors. It's I want, I take, I'm right, I will get what I want. My will matters more than the other person's will. My possessions matter more than the other person's possessions. My personal um, freedoms matter more than the other person's freedoms. So you'll see a lot of criminals, street gangs, mob bosses, things like that are gonna um, be very red. So the average prison is gonna be a very red uh, stage, very red community. Um, and this is actually why a lot of uh, prison ministry um, is often uh, stage blue. Uh, because it's the next stage for criminals. It's the next stage for people that are in that that place. Uh, uh, people that are 
Um, often alcoholics, drug users, things like that can be very red. It's, it's very egocentric, very selfish. Um, and of course, I'm not disputing that those are actually very much mental, um, mental health illnesses and physical illnesses um, as well. So I'm not taking away from that, but how it, how it represents, how it comes out and often what's going on in the psyche is very red behavior. And so actually, again, ministries that reach out to those people tend to need to be blue. If you're much later on, if you're uh, orange or green, those kind of ministries don't succeed very well in prisons. They don't do very well running Alcoholics Anonymous, running uh, Drugs Use Anonymous, you know, um, things like that, Sex sex Anonymous. Um, uh, you know, those things don't work as well if you're on a later stage because the, the person at red needs to transcend into blue. They can't go to green or orange or, you know, the next stages. Um, and so we're going to see a lot of, uh, this is actually a prime example of how we practically operate in this way. Okay, so it's, it's really helpful for us to know this because um, if you are at a later stage, you can still help people at this stage, but you need to know, oh, I need to um, learn how to operate at a different stage, learn how to introduce them to uh, the next stage, not my stage. Um, really important element of how the spiral works and how it can be used to help people develop and grow and, and evolve. Um, wild celebrities, right? You know, that's you. You left some blue M and M's in my M and M's, and you know, throwing TVs through windows. You know, going on binges and you know, t total benders on drugs and sex and all this stuff. Very red behavior, right? Very me, 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 me. My way or the highway, I deserve everything, I want everything. And very red behavior, okay? Uh, we said prisons, uh, frontier mentality, right? Going in and taking what you want, right? Uh, so when we went in from Europe over to America and we just took what we wanted, we killed anyone that was in the way. Um, there's incredible, bizarre stories, awful stories of how we came into Europe, uh, how we came into um, America from Europe, you know, that you, they, they had... Um, the people from Spain and, and from Portugal and coming across, uh, the Spanish specifically came across, they had a document from the Pope saying, all the earth is God's and you are uh, given the rights to go into all the earth and make claim what is yours by God's uh, divine purpose. Uh, and this was the doctrine of uh, domination, I believe it was. It was called uh, um, this this publication that the Pope put out and gave to all the kings. Uh, and this is why actually most of uh, empire kind of mentality really took uh, effect and, and ran is because they had a, a, a permission from God that said, yes, the world is yours. You can go in and take it. So what happened is they went into America and they started killing everyone. Um, and they go over and they just killed and raped and pillaged everyone, right? I mean, the, the document from the Pope literally says you can kill, you can make them slaves, you can rape them. I mean, it was really brutal. Um, and you think, wow, uh, Christianity's come a long way, um, hopefully. Um, and so, you know, really messed up stuff. But what actually happened is some people back home in Spain were like, well, this isn't quite right. I don't like this at all. So they made the Pope amend the document. And the document says, well, first you must preach to these people to see if they get saved. If they get saved, they're, they're part of us now. So they are part of the community. If they don't, then you can kill and rape and pillage them and make them slaves and so on and so forth. So what they did is they went across in their boats. They got out the boats. They would pull out a big scroll and they would read in Spanish... Um, a message saying God is God, you know, he sent his son Jesus, he saved us. Do you want to accept the gospel? Come forward now and accept the gospel. If you don't accept the gospel in the next two minutes, we'll kill you all. And of course, they're speaking in Spanish. No one understands. No one knows what they're talking about. And so they went forward and killed everyone. They enslaved their women. They raped people. They killed people. There's documents. Um, I know in Christopher Columbus's uh, 
journals, it talks about people throwing the babies into the water as if they were throwing devils into the lake of fire. Um, you know, so really horrific stuff, but massively red. Okay, so red doesn't look like that as much today. Okay, it's gonna be very small portions of the world that look this red. Okay, um, a good example of red that's a bit like that, just thinking of throwing people in rivers. Uh, there's a tribe in Papua New Guinea that um, once a, uh, a person gets old, uh, they'll, they'll be given lesser tasks to do because they're less able to get about, to provide, to, to do work around the village. But once they get to a certain age and they cannot work anymore, they literally throw the old person in the river and they go down the stream and die. Um, and, and that's very, uh, that's maybe a bit tribal, but a bit red as well. It's just very much like, well, you're not, you're not any use to me anymore. So you're gone. We're, we'll get rid of you. You're not part of us anymore if you don't provide anything that benefits me. Um, how dare you be a drain on this society after serving it for 60 years, you know? Um, so very red behavior, very wild. And that's today. That's today that these, these tribes still do that. Um, Comic book superheroes, I mentioned them in Tribal with all the mysticism and the magic, but it's very red, it's very black and white. There's good bad guys, bad guys. Um, if the good guy does something, whether it's, uh, whether it's right or wrong, it's right. Um, and of course, uh, we actually have a lot more nuance to some of the, the newer uh, materials um, and, and some of the more fringe uh, comics is a lot more nuanced and a lot more gray. Um, but generally speaking, uh, a lot of comic book heroes are portrayed as just, they're right, they're always good, the things they do are good, and that's the way it works. Um, the, the warrior tribes, people, uh, people like um, Joseph Coney that I mentioned, you know, a lot of um, Africa has been well known for its warlords and, and people that uh, abuse and take advantage of, uh, of tribal uh, communities, but also are a thorn in the flesh of other warlords and of civilizations, as of people that are emerging into blue and becoming more civilized and, and creating more structure and rules and law. Warlords are, uh, are a terrible uh, uh, issue there because they, they just don't play well with everyone else, right? Um, athletic teams can be very red, right? They can be very competitive, very, I've got to be the best, it's all about me. Um, can be a very uh, big issue in especially teamwork, you know, like games of football or uh, things like that. It can be a real issue because often there's a lot of reds clashing heads, trying to stand out, be the best player, be the most valuable player, all these different things. Um, aggressive, unethical corporations, okay? So we'll see a lot of people um, at later stages, so in orange, which is very capitalistic and very uh, modern, very individualistic, um, can often uh, look like all sorts of different things. But one of the elements that gets often confused with is orange will often think it's yellow, uh, which is the next kind of individualistic stage for it, a couple stages up. Um, but sometimes orange would be lucky if it was orange. Sometimes orange is red. Um, so. Um, a great example of this uh, is someone like Trump. Now, I'm not trying to be political. Um, whatever your views of Trump are, that, that's fine. But often Trump, he's very individualistic, very modern, very rational, uh, quote unquote, um, would be orange, uh, okay? Um, so that would be the stage that most people would put him in. Oh, it's capitalistic, it's business running, it's about success, it's about achievement, it's about personal freedom, personal um, freedoms and things like that and rights and stuff. So people go, yes, orange. But actually, often we see um, uh, someone like Trump being very selfish in that, right? So maybe let's put the politics aside, but how he does business. He, he's, he's known as very, very devious in the way he works. Even his, his, 
his um, his books, you know, when he talks about the art of the deal and things like that, can be very selfish, very uh, um, very aggressive. Uh, often does not employ win-win dynamics, right? Often it is win and crush the opponent, um, and so very red. And so we can see that while there's these individualistic stages that swing one side and the the community stages swing the other, so we go like purple, red, blue, orange green, yellow, you know, bouncing between these, often it can be hard to distinguish between them. Um, and so this is something that you want to look for the nuance, okay? Because it's going to be very easy. Um, it might be easier to do this for other people. It might be easier to look at someone and go, oh, actually, they're being a bit selfish there. Maybe that's not orange. Maybe that's red. But it's going to be very hard to do this in yourself, okay? So especially for those of you that are orange, I want you to be listening carefully to this stage. Where am I still very selfishly motivated, very... Um, maybe willing to uh, harm others. Um, you know, orange can still be very harmful to people and the environment and, and the, the communities around them, but red is very much that. It has no caring whatsoever about the, 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 the community. An example is, can you imagine Greenpeace going in to Joseph Coney's camp where he's got child soldiers and mutilated body parts and he's using kids to dig up diamonds and he's, he's planning to, you know, uh, kill entire villages and they go in and they say, hey, we'd like to talk to you about saving the whales. Or, hey, could we talk to you about using, um, uh, stop using single-use plastic? He's, you know, that is a conversation that just would never happen and would not work, right? Um, that's a fast track to the mutilation train. I mean, it's just not going to be good. Um, and so, you know, it's really important that we understand these dynamics. Um, really important. So, some more examples. Uh, terrorists, great example, right? So, we've got ISIS, we've got um, Al-Qaeda, all these kind of different groups. Um, we've got maybe more homegrown terrorist groups as well. Um, and, and so, great example of red mentality. We will come in and we will destroy people. We will harm people. We will blow people up. We will kill everyone. Crusades were a great example of red Christianity, right? Red Christianity is, we are, you are our way or you're dead. You know, this is your option. Convert or die, okay? And that happens all throughout. They went into the Middle East, they did that. The Middle East came over and did that to us and back and forward and back and forward and back and forward. And in fact, even later in, when we saw the Protestant Reformation, we saw Protestants and Catholics killing each other. Then we saw Protestants killing each other, right? So the Protestants were killing each other. They were killing the Anabaptists and then the Anabaptists were, and it was back and forward and back and forward and constant violence and death and threats of violence and death. If you, excuse me, if you don't, convert if you don't change to be like me to uh, to approve my rightness to to validate that i am on god's side and you are not so all sorts of holy wars now this is going to look much more nuanced today um this will look like missionaries now i'm not saying missionaries are evil bad anything like that again this stage is not evil or bad or wrong it simply is a stage of uh of of uh, psychological development okay so this is where people are so a lot of people that are still at this stage what it will look like for them today is we need to go into these different countries and we need to tell them the truth we need to tell them about the right God and change them we need to make sure that they change from being wrong to being right now missionaries can also be at later stages okay so I'm not saying if you're a missionary your stage red that's way too simplistic and and probably not true but you may have red dynamics too your mentality if you are someone like a missionary or if you're very pro-missionaries, if you're very supportive of missionaries and missionary cause, you might be still very red in some of your thinking, in some of your us and them mentality, okay? Um, 
So just be aware of that. Um, fundamentalist church. I brought up fundamentalist church in the last one. A lot of the churches I mentioned in the last stage are also going to have red uh, components to them. So fundamentalists, conservatives, charismatic, Pentecostal, you know, uh, a lot of evangelicals can still be very red in some ways. So missionaries might be a great example. So, I mean, look at the five tenets of fundamental Christianity and, and you can see some of what I, I mean, and maybe we'll see it more when we go into how this affects Christianity. But the Bible containing the literal words of God without error. So having this text that is absolute and clear cut and black and white, uh, the virgin birth and the deity of Jesus, a very um, uh, literal uh, interpretations. Uh, whether you hold those later stages, that's fine as well. But at this stage, there's no other option. There is only that option. It's not even a discussion. It's very literal. There's a doctrine, doctrine of substitutionary atonement. It's at the center of fundamental Christianity, um, which is a violent atonement. It's an atonement of God wanted to kill everyone. He was mad because they didn't agree with him. They weren't like him. They didn't think he was right. And so he wanted to kill them all. He wanted to pour his wrath out. He wanted to punish them forever in hell. But Jesus took the punishment. So God punished and poured out his wrath on Jesus. And now, thanks to Jesus, he's not going to do that to you. Okay, so very red God, right? That God is red through and through. And so if, if you hold to something like substitutionary atonement, I almost guarantee you have some red you're still working through. And that's, again, okay. None of this is a criticism, okay? Uh, the bodily resurrection of Jesus, again, very, very mystical, very, uh, very literal. Um, some later stages might start to question that. Um, but at this stage, there's no questioning of that. It just is. And the authenticity of, of Christ's miracles, again, later stages, some might go, well, you know, was that, was that a miracle or was that this? Or how did he do that? Um, and whereas earlier stages just aren't going to do that. They, they don't have a capacity to go, hmm, rationally, that doesn't make sense to me. I'll try and figure it out. Now, that person that rationally figures it out later on might still go, no, it was supernatural. So I'm not saying that if you hold a supernatural position or you believe that Jesus did miracles or you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, you're like at an early stage and you're going to grow past that. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, so make sure you're hearing me right. What I'm saying is at this stage, you couldn't even have that conversation. You wouldn't even acknowledge that someone can believe differently. If someone believed differently than that, you're going to go red. You're going to go angry. You're going to go aggressive. You're going to go violent. Now, if your tendency is to do that when someone says, oh, I'm struggling to figure this out and I'm trying to process it, you maybe are red. But if you can go, mm, okay, I understand your problems. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's figure it out. You know, could God be, well, God's God. He could probably definitely do these kind of things. That's, that's, that's a different thing. Okay, so that's maybe a later stage of, of believing these tenets. But if your tendency is when people start challenging these things and, and questioning them, that you get angry, aggressive, uh, violent. Um, hopefully these days violence and aggression is probably less so, but at least angry, that inner violence and aggression. If that's your response, you probably have some reds you're, you're still working through and still identifying it. Um, so typically this type of person is characterized uh, as, as someone that responds in anger to anyone that doesn't agree with them. Okay, so if you're if you've got that response, you know, you think of someone that's maybe, uh, you know, you see the stereotypical uh, father or mother that just blows up every time someone disagrees or anytime someone upsets them, they just blow up. That's a very red response. Very, very red. Um, they, 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 you know, they, they must warn other people of the danger of believing wrong. And um, so they'll, they'll validate it with God. They'll validate it with scripture. They'll validate it with some other eternal perfect principle but they themselves are the voice piece of that god and they will be angry and they will communicate that anger clearly to you who is wrong you know that's very very red 
Um, they still hold the concept of a life for an eye, not an eye for an eye, that's still, that, that's still to come. So they're like tribal, they still hold that position of no, there's, 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 new, there's, there's a, um, a tier system here. You know? So you see in the early uh, Mesopotamian text, the Harambai code, it was, well, it's an eye for an eye if we're equals. So if you two cause an eye to be lost, well, then you take an eye. But if you were to cause me to lose an eye, I must kill you because I'm better than you. And so it's still very much uh, egocentric, life for an eye, that's their mentality. These people at this stage have a big concept of godly nations and ungodly nations. So this is something that suddenly you're gonna go, hmm, okay, I know a few Christians like that. Very red belief, okay, very red to think that there are people that God is for, people that are God is against. Um, one way this works out that is gonna be very controversial, I'm sorry, it just is, um, is people that are very pro-Israel. Okay, so if you are militantly, passionately pro-Israel without any conversation, there's no conversation to be had. And if you are anything other than pro-Israel, I'm gonna be angry, I'm gonna get upset, I'm gonna get frustrated, that's red. Now you can be pro-Israel after having a healthy uh, discourse and discussion, that's maybe later stages. But to be pro-Israel because God said, and that's the end of it, and that settles it, I'm not even interested in a discussion, we're not going there, very, very red mentality. The, the God is on our side, he's against that side, you know? So it's, it's um, you know, England and Germany in the World War and both are Christian nations, but both think God is on their side and he's against the other side. Very red mentality, right? There, there's no nuance to that. There's no understanding that both sides have people at home praying every day for their, their victory, right? So what's happening here? Are we just assuming that God's gonna just answer the one side because there was a lot of deaths on each side, there was a lot of problems on each side? You know, it's, it's not as simple as that. Um, but someone at Red can't see that. They only see God is on our side. We are a Christian nation. We are an um, Islamic nation. We are a whatever nation. God is on our side, okay? So this isn't just gonna look like Christians, okay? So this is not a, a dig at Christians. You'll see Judaism can look like this. Islam can look like this. Uh, you know, all sorts of different communities and, and faiths can look very much like this. And so we listed off um, you know, the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, uh, fundamental Christians, conservative Christians, Islam, uh, all those groups can still apply in this stage that applied in the tribal stage. Um, and so maybe not for all the same reasons because there's different nuance to it, okay? So charismatic Christians might not be in this stage as much for their mystical elements, although mystical is still a big part of this so that they may well be, but they may be in it because of their very pro-Israel and pro-nationalistic senses, which charismatic churches tend to be very nationalistic, very pro-Israel, those kind of dynamics might root them in some red thinking. Um, now they could also be pro-Israel and nationalistic for other reasons that, that is, is maybe something we can talk about later in later stages. But generally speaking, a lot of red looks like this, okay? So we mentioned people like drug addicts, gangs, criminals, um, all sorts of different nuances in how red can influence individuals and communities and families and nations, okay? So let's look at the Christian effects, okay? So let's look at this, how this actually works for Christians, okay? So our first stage, our first step is the Bible. So how do red see the Bible? Well, they're gonna see it without error, obviously. The Bible was penned by God, given by God, inspired by God. You know, it is every letter perfect, given by God, no questions at all. That's the way it is. It's to be taken literally, must be taken literally. Um, it is scientific. It is historical, there's no historical errors, there's no scientific errors. Um, you know, they believe that this was penned by God to perfection without any question, without any doubt. Um, it contains 
everything that God has ever needed us to know. So if you need to know, open your Bible, you will find the answer in the Bible, okay? Now again, these also, a lot of these beliefs appear in purple and they appear in blue as well, actually. So I'm not saying that you're stage right if you believe these things, but exercise some wisdom, can, you know, contemplate about this, think about this, pray about this, you may well find if you have some of these beliefs, you might be uh, needing to work them out at stage red. Um, you also may find that when you transcend and include, you're going to move on to blue in some of these areas and still have some of those beliefs that are just going to change subtly, okay? So um, be aware that this is not a solely a stage um, red position. As I said, they exist in purple and, and also in blue. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, the King James only group, the people that like totally believe that that is the word of God and any other translation is wrong. Um, that is very red position, right? It's my group, my translation. That's the one. If you read the wrong translation, well, that's why you're wrong. And that's why God hates you. And you, he only accepts me. and He doesn't accept you. Very, very bizarre group of people uh, in my mind. I, I can't get my head around how they think uh, a document written only a few hundred years ago is more authentic than documents written before, um, than, you know, whatever, who, who knows? It's, it's fascinating, truly fascinating, um, but very red mentality. And of course, someone that's red is gonna think that their translation is better than your translation. Okay, so if, if you have a discussion with someone at red and they're reading from uh, the New American Standards and then you go, well, it doesn't say that in the you know, English Standard Version or the Revised Standard Version, it seems to say something else. They'll go, well, that's just a bad translation. My translation's right. That's how a red person would respond in that interaction. Someone later on might go, oh, that's interesting. Let's look at that. Let's consider that. Why don't we look at the original Greek? Oh, maybe there's a bit of truth to both. You know, that's later uh, stages of development. That's later, more evolved psychology um, in how to interact with these things. But a red can't do that. They're just going to go, oh, your translation's wrong. Mine's right. Or you're reading it wrong. I'm right. Or your Holy Spirit is divining you and, and guiding you wrong. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the devil. My uh, interpretation is right because the Holy Spirit's in me and he guides only me. Um, unless he maybe guides you, but we'll know because it will agree with me. Um, the Bible is used as a weapon. This is a huge point for Reds. The Bible will validate your aggression, your violence, your favorites, your preferences, your group over another group. The Bible will validate it again and again and again. And so in my pro-Israel example, that's a prime example. They'll just open a Bible and go, well, clearly... God gave that land to Israel. There's no question. There's no debate. There's no discussion. I've got a Bible verse. That's the end of the discussion. Why are we going into the nuances of what happened in the following thousands of years? Why are we going into the nuances of well, who's there now and what do they need and how are we going to help them? And we don't need to discuss that. The Bible says this. And so it becomes a weapon. It, it, it gives us a license not to discuss these things, not to go into the nuances. It gives us a license to just be right on the spot because I read the Bible. Okay, so the Bible is very much a weapon in that sense. It uh, supports its claims with righteous anger, okay? Uh, the, 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 the Bible, uh, oh, sorry, the Bible is supported with claims of righteous anger. So uh, people that challenge the Bible or question it, people, uh, red people will respond with righteous anger, with, with threats of aggression, violence. They will get riled up if you challenge any of the Bible in any sense. Um, followers at red are generally attracted to wrathful texts. Red people love the wrath of God and the fear of God. It motivates them, but it also is used to motivate the people around them and keep the people around them in control, in check, um, and, and ultimately manipulated. 
Um, so they will love texts that talk about nations conquering other nations, about evil conquering, uh, good conquering evil. They'll love texts about the end times. Red people love the end times because it's going to be a big red party, right? It's going to just be God coming in and killing everyone and giving me a pat on the back for being right. So very, very red uh, texts. And of course, they're reading them red as well because other people can read those texts and have very different interpretations. But a red person is going to see their worldview through it. Um, and this is what we'll see with the Bible as we go through the stages. People are going to see where they're at in their Bible. So we interpret what we think and how we think and how we uh, perceive the world into our Bible. Um, very rarely do we do it the other way around. We'll always say we do, but that's not necessarily very often the truth. Um, they are, at read, they're very concerned with doctrinal purity, right? So we need to make sure that our doctrine is correct and right and and uh, we will resist and fight those who offer differing positions of, of doctrine. And so people that hold a different position uh, scripturally, we will actively oppose, we will actively fight. Now, what does this look like? It looks like Red holding a big conference. You know, it looks like um, John MacArthur holding a conference called Strange Fire because uh, the charismatics have a strange fire. They're, they're believed that the Holy Spirit falls on people individually and they fill with the Spirit and they speak in tongues and they pray and they worship uh, with, with miraculous outworkings, with healings, with words of knowledge, with prophecy. Well, John MacArthur, uh, in that sense, in that area, is going to have a red reaction. He's going to get angry. He's going to be upset. He's going to see this as very dangerous and he's going to hold a big conference to let everyone know how dangerous these people are. Don't listen to them. We'll show you just how right we are, how, how it's rightly to be uh, uh, to uh, interpret the Bible. And that conference is going to be full of people at stage red, purple, and blue as well, actually, in this sense. Blue is often very uh, interlinked with, the, with these. These three groups are quite interlinked, um, as all groups tend to have overlap, um, okay? So a lot of red people are starting to be blue. A lot of blue people have some red still in them. So you're gonna see overlap in these cases. But that's a prime example of a red response to heresy or error. You know, people that run these heretic websites, you know, the heresy hunters, red, very, very red. Um, the, the Bible is ultimately, and this is my last point, is ultimately a story about the battle of good and evil. It's a fight. It's a war. They love war. Um, now, how do red people see God? Well, God lives up in heaven and he visits earth to right wrongs. Okay, so God resides far off. He is distant and he comes in wrath and violence and he will make things right. And, it, and God is scary. Okay, he is generally seen as a warrior. Um, and he, he uh, always acts even in, uh, he, he, he will have compassion at times, but even his compassion is from a perspective of a warrior, of a, a powerful king, a militant, uh, powerful person. Um, but you will never hear a red person accept the statement, God is love. They can't let that go, or God is compassionate. They must end, oh, and he is just, or and he is wrathful that this person cannot hear the sentence, God is love, because they must finish it with, oh, and he's also wrathful, or he's also just. They need that warrior, that violent, that aggressive element to God. If you take that away, it's not their God. It just isn't, okay? Um, so it's very, very important. Um, it, Red never tries to avoid the violence of the Old Testament. So you'll feel, see a lot of Christians uh, awkwardly just stop reading the violence in the Old Testament or they just ignore it or they go, oh, we don't really know, but we just kind of like, 
well, you know, well, Jesus is this, you know, like they're just awkwardly trying to avoid it. Um, and that's very natural um, when you've got texts saying God told you to kill everyone and murder all the children and things like that. Reds like those passages. They don't have a problem with those passages. Reds read those passages on Sunday morning and get excited about it. OK, um, so have a very different idea of God. He is violent. Yeah, no, God is violent and we love it. That is their mentality. This is why you see people that have these discussions with someone like Westboro Baptist Church or these kind of very uh, fundamental militant groups that go out in the streets. We see people having intellectual discussions and go, what about, don't you see that that's not very loving? Like, no, it is loving. There's a, a famous video of um, someone with the Westboro Baptist Church going, well, you know, how many people does God, uh, how many of God's children uh, does he love? And they were like, oh, just the right amount. Uh, uh, the rest he hates. And, and they're like, oh, so how many children do you have? Oh, I've got five. Well, how many do you love? And the person's just sitting there going, well, I love the ones that do my will. The rest I hate. And, and they have totally warped everything in their minds because uh, I don't believe they really hate their children. If they do, I'm, I'm heartbroken at that, that truth, but I doubt it. I really do. Um, but th this is how people think. They, they, will, they, they, they let go of uh, rationality. God must hate people that are different. He's violent. He's aggressive. He's full of hate um, for people that are different. Um, so the Bible is literal to these people. So God must have killed millions of people that it says he did. So when God is detailed as killing all these people and organizing all these genocides, well, we believe he did do that. He absolutely did do that. Now, again, different stages will still believe this as well. So even at later stages, people are going to hold on to, well, God did. He killed all those people. Yeah, no, that's what the Bible says. Um, an example of this is, um, you know, of how people see God is uh, the Texas billboards. These are famous billboards. You can go and look them up online. Um, so a bunch of uh, Christians got together and, and created uh, billboards that were signed from God. And so they would read things like, don't make me come down here, God, you know, um, or you think it's hot here, uh, right? Texas famous for being a bit hot and uncomfortable. Well, you think it's hot there? Well, you know, it's a threat. It's God saying, you think it's hot here, you better get your life in order or you're going to be somewhere much hotter soon. You know, have you read my number one bestseller? There will be a test. God, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's threatening. It's, it's angry. It's quite aggressive, right? Um, there's, there's a connotation here. If you don't pass the test, you're going to hell. You better read your Bible. Um, and obviously there's an assumption that when you do, you'll read it the way I do. Uh, and therefore you'll pass the test. Um, and it says, keep using, another one is keep using my name in vain and I'll make rush hour even longer, right? So it's again, there's this, you do something bad, I'll make it bad for you. It's, it's a quid pro quo, uh, you know, God does bad things to bad people. He does good things to good people. It's very red mentality, these billboards. Um, even the mindset that needs these billboards, right? They, they, they're not looking to, uh, you know, give God a better image. They're not putting up billboards that tell people they're loved. It's telling people you're in great trouble and you are gonna get, it's gonna get 10 times worse if you don't sort yourself out. You know, very, very uh, uh, loving to the red person. It's still loving. It's, it's telling people what's true, what's right. Um, and so as they see it, they would, they would describe that as love. Um, but other people would strongly contend uh, or dis disagree with that point. Um, generally speaking, reds have to call God uh, by names with great reverence. So they, they use phrases like Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, um, because there is a fear of God. He's far off, he's powerful, he's distant. We must uh, respect and, and have awe of him. So fear of God uh, is uh, still very key at this stage. It's a huge element of fear of God. God is male, 
Okay, very important at this stage. Again, male, aggressive, angry, violent. Um, and so historically that has uh, just made sense, hasn't it? Uh, it just makes sense for God to be male. Um, he is a king, he is a ruler, he is powerful. You know, these are these are the concepts of God. He is he's strong, he's not weak. You know, that, that concept of Jesus kind of makes uh, red quite uncomfortable, in fact, um, because God is powerful. He's not meek, he doesn't lay his life down. Um, that's not God. God is strong and powerful and uses violence to get what he needs and pours out wrath on people that are wrong. So he, he's, he's very punitive. He, he's all about punishing wicked. He's generally speaking in a bad mood, right? So you've got Bill Johnson with his God is in a good mood. Uh, that is later stage thinking, okay? That is not red thinking. Um, and that makes red people really angry, right? So the people that were, I remember when Bill Johnson started using that phrase and that people would go nuts. They were getting so angry. Um, but the people that did go nuts and get, got angry about it, that stage red because God is not in a good mood. He's angry and now I'm angry, right? Um, so he uses his divine power to, uh, to threaten and coerce people. That's how God operates. Now, how do people see Jesus? Now I mentioned Jesus is kind of an awkward figure uh, for Red because he's a bit namby-pamby, he's a bit weak, he's a bit uh, soft, but not to a Red person. A Red person sees Jesus um, in his revelation picture, you know, they love him as an agent of wrath. You know, he's coming to judge the world. His sword is covered in blood. He's got blood up to his, you know, his, I can't remember how high it is. His waist is covered in blood. It's high. You know, there's a lot of blood around Jesus because he's violent. Um, now, of course, there's many other ways to interpret those passages, but that's how I read interprets and they love that picture of Jesus. So they see Jesus as someone that wars against sin and death and the devil. So even when they talk about Jesus going to the cross, they're using war language. He's fighting the devil. He's destroying sin and tearing down devil. You know, it's very strong language. That's what we need. We can't have a meek, um, restrained strength, humble, uh, suffering Jesus. That's not a comfortable picture for Red. Jesus is a conqueror. He's a warrior. He's a king. Um, he inflicts vengeance upon enemies of the gospel. Um, there is personal relationship there for Red. So the, the, don't want you to think there isn't any element of that. There, there is a, a level of um, relationship between uh, someone level at, someone at Red and, and Jesus, but it's, um, it's formal and legal rather than intimate, okay? The, the, it's rule-focused rather than relationship. And so while there is a connection with Jesus and it is personal, um, it's very formal, it's very rule-based, um, uh, and Jesus is still quite distant in a sense. Um, those who do not know Jesus are doomed, right? Because Christianity is the only true religion. So Jesus is seen as the picture, the icon of Christianity. Um, there's lots of hellfire and damnation focus when we talk about Jesus. Um, so generally speaking, when Jesus comes up, he's brought up as a, as a tool to avoid hellfire and damnation. But we're talking about hellfire and damnation because that's our favorite topic kind of thing. Um, nations must be Christianized to save them from punishment, okay? so. Bad things happening to nations is because they're not Christian, because they don't follow Jesus. Really red mentality, okay? So when you see people saying, oh, uh, you know, San Francisco had another earthquake because of the gay people, that's a very red mentality, very purple red, very mystical, very unsure, but it's, it's aggressive, so it's maybe more a bit red. Um, they don't count for the fact that, you know, there's a lot of gay people in London and they don't have earthquakes, but San Francisco's on a fault line and London isn't, right? But God sends the earthquake to punish gay people. So how does that work? You know, it's, it's a miracle really that God sends all these hurricanes and tornadoes um, throughout the South and Florida to punish gay people. Um, 
but only in that area where there's a lots of hurricanes, not in other areas. Again, London doesn't get hit by many hurricanes or you know, some of these other places. And so uh, there's, there's a disconnect. They, they see bad things as punishment, but they can't see that other people are going unpunished. And, and, and if they do, they're crying out for their punishment. They're calling out, God, punish these people. Um, so they have a very kind of like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah mentality, right? You do bad, you're gonna get punished. You're gonna get destroyed from heaven. So how about prayer and worship? So um, generally speaking, uh, it will contain uh, uh, spiritual curses over enemies. Now, uh, we might not, because we live in a much more um, developed society on the whole, more blue and orange, we might not be as overt about this, generally speaking, but, but we will, generally speaking, a red person will speak negatively over their enemies. They will pray against their enemies. They, they, they often won't pray for their enemies, but against them. Um, they will strategize with God about the battle. Um, and so all of the prayer language is very spiritual warfare. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a huge thing for Reds because they love war. They love the, the fight, the, the, the conquering. We are victorious, they are losing. And so spiritual warfare and angels fighting demons and, 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 and believing that they are the centerpiece of it all because God needs them to pray and orchestrate the battle very, very common red mentality. So a lot of intercessory prayer can be very red, okay? Um, not all of it, but a lot of the time it can be very red. Um, so requesting assistance uh, in converting or destroying all other groups is common in red prayer. So Lord, you know, like we pray that you would convert that area. Or if they feel that that's a lost cause, they pray for that person, that group to be destroyed. Um, so you'll see a lot of Christians that are red. They don't pray for the salvation of ISIS. They pray for the destruction of ISIS. Okay. Um, they... Uh, they fight suffering at this stage. So when you pray against suffering, you're fighting it as an enemy, it's as an evil enemy, as a demon. So when you see sickness, you see a devil uh, and you can fight that devil. When you're praying for someone who's losing their job, you see it as a spiritual attack and we can fight that attack and we can defeat it. Very red mentality to overly uh, spiritualize and then warfare everything. Um, so while purple spiritualize everything, um, red turns that spiritual world into a war and one that can be won, and one where I am the winner, okay? Um, sickness is of the devil, and he must be beaten for healing to happen. Uh, there's lots of songs focused on battle and victory of God, Christians um, having victory over their enemies. Um, so a lot of the songs uh, kind of talk about that or, or have victory language or talk about God as a king or, a, 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 you know, use lots of uh, warfare language, which of course is taken from the Bible, all these uh, languages of uh, banners going before us and, um, you know, we're putting on armor of gods. Like those are, those are true that that's in the Bible and we're just transposing it, but people actually really love the, the warfare mentality of that and get into that in very... Um, uh, serious ways. Um, again, none of this is bad or good. It just is, okay? So I'm trying to say this again and again so you can remember just to wake up, whoa, hi, if you're getting, uh, like I can get at times and I start to go, oh gosh, what is this? This is so, uh, I've, I've grown beyond that. It's not where I'm at anymore. Well, that's fine and that's great. Good that you've transcended, but make sure you include because a lot of this is healthy. A lot of it is good. And so we're gonna look at that when we look at the pros and cons, okay? So um, don't, don't just uh, demonize everything in this stage, right? Because then you're just being a bit red. Um, 
So there's lots of focus on the last days, on the second coming, um, the wicked suffering. That's a lot in the prayer and the singing and, um, uh, and the worship. Uh, God's always being victorious. Uh, we will be rewarded. So lots of songs about us being rewarded for our good works and things like that. Um, life revolves around the spiritual battle for a red and the spiritual battle specifically between God and Satan and his forces of darkness. Um, generational curses is very, um, in, in some senses, generational curses is, is almost moving into blue. So you'll see generational curses at red, but actually it's a little bit um, more evolved in a sense and a bit more developed because what it's starting to do is it's starting to take blame off of one person and saying, well, it was maybe something to do with someone else that you are suffering. So yes, it's still evil, it's still a demon, it's still bad and dark, but actually you yourself might actually be quite innocent in this process. Okay, so that's quite, um, it's, it's starting to lose its grasp. So we'll see that probably more into blue, but it's, it's very red in, in some senses. It's still very warfare. It's still very good, bad, evil, good. Um, that, that fight that's going on in the spirit, very red mentality. Um, so prayer, generally speaking at this level, is warfare and even worship is seen as warfare. We'll hear that a lot in certain contexts and certain cultures that we're gonna join God in warfare as we worship him. You know, they see that as a, as a fight, as a, as a war. So what about sin and salvation? Okay, so um, sin is breaking God's rules. So um, very simplistic black and white view on what sin is. It, it, it's when you don't do what he wanted you to do, or it's when you do something he told you not to. That is a sin. And it offends God hugely. He gets very upset about it. Um, there's often a huge focus on sexual purity at this. Um, so uh, a lot of the times in, um, in, in certain stages that are more early, there's a huge focus on sex and purity. Um, and this is probably because it's what some of the most outward uh, focused uh, and most uh, physical and carnal in a sense. I don't use those words negatively. I just use those words as, as a description. Um, uh, there are things that can be seen, touched, tangible. Um, and so we, we often demonize those uh, greatly. And often because they're such beautiful gifts as well, we, 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 we wrongly overemphasize that. Um, and so generally speaking with sin, one of the most focused on sins at stage red is gonna be, um, be sex. Um, especially because generally speaking, it's up there as some of the worst sins is sex and violence and death and murder and um, a lot of these things. But unfortunately for Reds, they validate most of those other things, right? So they validate killing and murder and, um, and aggression and violence. Um, those things are validated. So actually they're running out of things to demonize uh, on, on some of God's top watch list. Um, and so sex gets a huge focus. There's um, always going to be a violent atonement theory for Reds, even if it's not uh, substitutional uh, penal substitution atonement or substitutionary atonement, there's going to be some violent spin to how God saves. Uh, there is not an option for it not to be violent, aggressive, wrath-filled, because that is how God is seen, because we are those things. Okay, what about heaven and hell? Well, heaven and hell um, are probably very similar to purple on the whole, very similar. So uh, heaven, you believe in Jesus, you go to heaven when you die, you avoid God's wrath. Uh, you don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell, you get lots of wrath. Very simplistic view, very uh, clear cut. Uh, God finally gets his revenge on all those wicked people he's been holding back on apart from the occasional earthquake. Um, and the wicked will finally get what they deserve. Um, so there's a huge focus on hell being what people deserve, um, heaven being what I deserve and the people of God deserve. 
Um, but overall, hell and heaven still very, very simplistic concepts, and we'll see that probably continue into the next stage. Um, kingdom of heaven in this context, so this is a separate section that we don't really talk about. We haven't talked about it in purple. We're, I'm bringing it up now, but really, kingdom of heaven is still basically just heaven. It's the place that we go to when we die. And so um, it's, it's still not really seen as a tangible thing on this earth. So generally speaking, when we talk about kingdom of heaven or we read kingdom of heaven in our Bible at stage red, we're just reading about heaven as the place you go when you die. Um, God's perfect will is done there and God's perfect will isn't done here. Um, however, we can bring heaven to earth by waging war. Okay, so this is where kingdom of heaven does become a reality on earth is in war, which to many is a deep irony, of course, um, because I don't know uh, for many of us if we think war is a particularly great, wonderful thing that is in heaven where there's nothing wrong um, uh, in that mindset. Um, but it is here. So kingdom of heaven is, is, is when we wage war on earth against sin, uh, abortion, immorality, uh, the theory of evolution and science, other religions, uh, fighting homosexuality, um, the trans agenda, the homosexuality agenda, you know, those sorts of things are seen as bringing the kingdom of heaven when we fight those, those things that are wrong and evil and powers of darkness and we bring our powers of good, powers of light, powers of God, Jesus, the angels. Um, so that's how uh, the only way that kingdom of heaven really starts coming in on earth is through that lens. The, some people at Reds will even attack other churches if they believe they're the enemy, if their theology gets so bad. So there's examples of churches becoming militant and actually violent towards churches that accept homosexuals, for example. Um, so there's an example, I can't remember what, where or when, but it was a few years ago, I think it was in America, where someone actually bombed a church because they had held a, a, a gay wedding. Um, and so prime example of very red, because it turned out it wasn't um, some militant person from ISIS or it wasn't some, uh, you know, random atheist. No, no, it was a Christian who was just very fundamental about their beliefs in very stage red. Um, now, I'm not saying again, if you're red, uh, if you have red tendencies, you're most likely probably not going to blow up a church. But it's, it's possible. It's another outworking of how this can look. So only men can lead as God is male. So in the kingdom of heaven and in this outworking, it's very focused on men, okay? So women will take a back seat big time still at stage red. There's no real involvement of women other than as servants, um, as second-class citizens. Um, and red will often uh, advocate deadly force um, against anything ultimately, but certainly um, as soon as it's removed, as soon as it's a bit distant, because um, in this culture, it's harder to do it day to day, right? So it's hard to get away with blowing up your local church. It's hard to kill someone because they're gay. You'll go to jail. That It's not going to work. It's not going to fly. But you will um, advocate going to war against that Islamic country because they're solely because they're Islamic. You don't even need a good reason, but that's fine. That's a good reason to go to war with them because they're wrong, because they're evil, because they're probably uh, going to try and come here and take away our freedoms and try and convert us and trying to um, rape our kids and blow us up or whatever it might be. Very red mentality. So we can attack them uh, preemptively even, not even in this response, um, but however, often very response. So a lot of our response in, um, in something like 9-11 was very red, right? So it was very black and white. Some Muslim people tried to kill us. Therefore, we will kill all the Muslim people from their country would just go in and non-discriminately just hunt down people. You know, you look at 
Um, I can't remember the, the actual count, but it's in the millions now of people that have died uh, that are, are being deemed by um, the UK, US governments, you know, the governments that are going into there and fighting this war on terrorism have, have counted the innocent civilians in excess of a million people. Um, and so there's very much a, a, a validation of that at Stage Red. You ask a Stage Red Christian if that's okay, and they go, yeah, it's good, it's great. The Stage Red Christians are pro-torture, uh, pro-arresting uh, uh, people that are terrorists or, or, or evil or of a different uh, nationality, if, they're, if they deem them a danger or a threat, they will happily take away their rights, arrest them, have no lawyer, they go straight to Guantanamo or wherever it might be. Very red mentality because it is a power of darkness and a power of good. We're the good, we're the good nation, we're the good people, we're the godly people, and that is the devil's people, the devil's nation, the devil's group, whatever it looks like. So that's how the kingdom of heaven operates, is it operates through my nation, it operates through me, through my church, um, but it's against all these powers of darkness. It's very warfare-focused, the kingdom of heaven. What about the mystical? Well, the mystical, like in tribal stage, so like in purple, um, it confuses authentic mystical experiences with magic and fantasy. So at this level, while there is a little bit more um, sophistication in, in how we approach that, generally speaking, it's still very, very um, broad and it's going, wow, this is crazy, this is mystical, this is uh, miraculous. And it kind of accepts quite broadly those kind of terms. Now, something that you might be thinking as I go through this, so in stage purple, stage red, I mentioned, I've mentioned fundamental Christians, conservative Christians, and you might think, well, they don't believe in miracles. Um, and, and that is uh, maybe true of a lot of them, and, and, uh, and I think you're right there. However, they do believe in miracles, at least in the Bible's times, right? So they do believe in miracles, they just believe they're not for today because of X, because of the Bible, because of whatever else. So, um, so understand that, yes, there's, there's, uh, there's nuance there, and maybe they've, they've uh, as they've grown into maybe more blue and maybe even some orange stages, they've gone, well, no, it, it can't happen today. Or, but, but generally speaking, it's them pulling at a, uh, a mystical thing, which is we don't see people healed today, but the Bible says people get healed, and they've come up with a mystical conclusion, which is, well, it must be this Bible. Um, and so because we have the Bible, we don't need healings. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's still very irrational, right? It's still a very um, irrational thought process in a sense, um, because the Bible, unfortunately, doesn't help the single mom that dies of cancer, leaving three kids behind, right? Um, it, it, but healing would. So why has God stopped doing that and just given her a Bible, um, right? So, you know, it's still very um, disconnected from rationality. So people that are still in that red and purple stage, often they maybe have evolved in some areas rationally, how they perceive some elements of the Bible or how they perceive some elements of mysticism. But often they still are very mystical, very, very into the mysticism, very accepting of things they don't understand and attributing it to demons and, and, and God. So in fact, a good example of this is, let's look at John MacArthur's um, uh, conference, right? So they don't talk about miracles as though they don't exist. They talk about miracles as though they're not God. Miracles still exist, it's just the devil. Um, and so this group of people still have a very mystified sense of things. They still have a very spiritualized sense of things. They still um, attribute a lot of that things to spirituality, right? So, oh, well, healing. No, no, that's the devil. That's Satan because that's just counterfeit and God doesn't do it anymore. So that's just the devil trying to trick people. Um, and so it's still very mystical um, in its operation, okay? So be aware of um, 
if, if, if you come to that place of going, well, no, God doesn't heal today, don't think you're beyond um, necessarily a lot of red and purple thinking still. You may well be. Um, so just be aware of that nuance and, and consider and contemplate that and think about, uh, is, that, is that something I need to process and deal with and maybe work through and, 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 and transcend and maybe even include some of it? Um, so to red, demons are real, possess people. Um, so again, some, some people in this group might not, might not believe in possession. They might just believe in oppression or, you know, different, different uh, nuances of it. But to some degree, demons are real and they are in this world and they are trying to thwart us, overthrow us, trick us, manipulate us, uh, convince us to fall away. They're trying to keep our friends, our family from being saved. Um, in the more kind of charismatic Pentecostal circles, exorcism, uh, happens and it's a battle with Satan and demons. We're fighting the demons, we're fighting Satan. Um, and so if that's kind of how you perceive uh, that kind of world, it's a very red thinking. Um, baptism and communion are weapons in the in the warrior's arsenal, right? So when we baptize people, we're fighting war, we're, we're, we're beating Satan, we're, we're having victory for God. It's still very mystical, very spiritual. Um, all of that's kind of still going on. Uh, you can't, sorry, let me just read this point because it's quite long. Yeah, so basically things are, generally speaking, they're filled with some level of a fantasy of winning and losing. There's, there's always some level of winning and losing at stage red because red is very egocentric. It needs to be a winner. Um, right, let's move on because I think we've covered that in enough depth for now. Um, let's look at some of the pros of red, okay? So you might be thinking, gosh, this all sounded pretty negative, Phil. Or you might be thinking, yeah, go team red, I'm, I'm red, I don't know. Um, but there are pros here. Just like I've said, um, you know, the toddlers going through that stage, there's good elements to all these different stages. There's bad elements that you don't want to bring with you. You want to hit the ceiling. Um, so as we grow through the stage, we're gonna hit a ceiling. And as we hit the ceiling, it's gonna, uh, um, it's gonna reveal the, the, the negative elements at this stage that aren't helpful, that aren't helping us, that aren't uh, helping us grow. And we need to start letting go of those if we're gonna transcend. But we do wanna include all these good elements. So let's look at the good elements. Some of the good elements of this stage is the fervor and passion. You know, you cannot find many people on this earth that are more passionate and, f you know, full of fervor than a red person, a red Christian. I mean, a great example is think of someone like an ISIS, which is a very red organization, right? We will go in and kill people um, in this spiritual warfare so that we can prove that we're right, that we're good, so I can get my 72 virgins, you know, all that is very red mentality. But gosh, the person's willing to die. I don't know if I'm willing to die for certain things, right? So just, okay, that's terrible, but the fact he's willing to die, gosh, I, I wish I was willing to uh, die if, I, if it came to the crunch for my values. Um, hopefully that isn't something I face with, um, but to have that passion, that fervor, that radical belief in something that this is worth fighting for, this is worth dying for, because the truth is, as we grow, as we transcend, we definitely want to include that. We want to include passion. We want to include um, a desire to fight for what's right, to, to uphold what's right and what's true. Those are good things. So that's a really healthy, um, healthy uh, element to red. Okay, there's a lot of belonging at red. So even though it's very selfish and egocentric, it's still, there's a lot of belonging, right? So as we are going to fight in the crusades and kill this group of people, we belong, right? We are part of something. We are part of God's kingdom. We are part of this nation. We are part of this faith. 
um, there's a strong belonging in that, right? So you look at a lot of these fundamental uh, groups, you know, the Westboro Baptist Church, you belong, right? If you're a part of that, you belong. And largely you belong because you definitely don't belong in many other places, right? You've drawn a line in the sand and this is us, we are here. But belonging is, a, is an amazing thing. And actually when we transcend and include that, uh, belonging is going to be a real healthy drive and focus as we grow because some of the later stages are going to be quite lonely. And actually it's by transcending and including the level of belonging that will really help us as we transcend, um, as we grow, as we, as we develop. That need for belonging, that desire for belonging will help us and, and, and help us drive forward and, and, and mature and grow. And it will help us um, perhaps be less lonely at some of these later stages that might involve a bit of isolation. So acting passionately on behalf of your group. So that there is an element where Red really acts passionately on behalf of the whole. Um, so it's not entirely egocentric. It's not entirely on its own. There's still a lot of that. And that might have come quite a bit from, uh, from tribal stage. But it, but it continues to mature and grow. And, and we want to bring that with us. We want to be someone that acts passionately on behalf of other people. Um, in later stages, maybe it will be a, a bit more uh, nuanced. It will look like even acting passionately on behalf of people that don't look like us, right? So the group might get bigger and include other people. Reds are great at communicating to those at purple and red. So other people at tribal and warrior level, red communicates really well with them. And so actually we want to include that. We want to, we want to make sure we, we, we remember how to communicate well with these stages because these stages need good communication. <coughs> excuse me. In some ways they're not great at communicating. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And it's really important that we learn to communicate well with them, that we can interact well with them, that we can bring them on, that we can help them grow and develop, that we can help them thrive where they are as they grow. And um, Red is very passionate about connecting with God and growing in their spiritual path, being right and being in the right place and growing. So those are some healthy things as well, right? It's very passionate about being connected to God, being right with God, um, growing with God. Those are some healthy things that we can bring with us. Now, some negative elements, some cons. There are cons. I don't know if you picked that up as we went through this list. Uh, depending on uh, where you're at and your own growth, you will have seen more uh, or less. But I imagine most people watching this, you're, you're likely to be stage blue, orange, maybe even green. Um, so you're going to have noticed a lot of cons in this and you are going to naturally dislike this stage probably. Um, so some of the, the cons are there's such a focus on fighting um, and that can really be unhealthy. Uh, it's, it's just not very helpful in general um, in society, right? Constantly fighting and warring. Uh, they're always at war with someone or something because red can't not be at war. There's no peace for red. It's always fighting something. So even when we win a victory, the next thing we're looking for is who else can we beat? Who else? Where's the demon? The, the next demon to fight? Well, this is intercessory prayer 101, right? They, they, they finally have a victory and they immediately move on to the next thing. They immediately look for the next demon to squash and to kill. And there's always something else to fight. They um, only... Uh, the, the, the mindset that only we have the truth, what well, can lead to discrimination and oppression, warfare. Uh, it's just... it's not the most helpful and, and true reality that only we have the truth. At the best of times, we have some of the truth, but a lot of us don't have all the truth. We don't know everything, um, but Red really thinks it does. It really does think that only we have the truth. And so it automatically discriminates, it oppresses, it, it causes war and strife. And, and so that's a real negative element at this stage. Um, you know, 
Fear is a strong motivator at this stage. And, and living in fear, you know, psychologists have done a lot of work um, and, and fear has been proven again and again and again, whilst a strong motivator to be a very unhealthy motivator. It's not a healthy place to live. It's not good for you. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your psyche. It's not good for your mind. It's not good for the relationships around you. Living in fear and only operating through fear is not a healthy place to be. God himself says, uh, uh, you know, is love and in him there is no fear. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, that's later stage uh, revelation though. That's, it's hard to see that at this stage of red. Um, red lacks discipline. It doesn't do very well with discipline because it's my way or the highway, right? Um, so that's not gonna work well for them as they grow and develop either. And, and there's no hierarchy or structure to reds apart from I'm the hierarchy and structure. Um, it, it can be quite crazy and wild and, and, and you know, just, who knows? Any, there's, there's no law, there's no rule, there's just, it's just my way or the highway. Um, and that can be really, really dangerous uh, and really unhealthy and unhelpful, especially as civilizations grow and develop. Um, so, the, you know, a good example of warrior, uh, warrior mentality is the death of Jesus, right? It's a, this guy's wrong, we want to kill him because we're right, he's wrong. Our God says this, he says God says that, he must be wrong. Um, you know, even the Romans responding pretty red, right? You know, they're just like, oh yeah, sure, just kill him. Like, if that's a problem, you know, like, kill him. I don't want any problems. Um, so very, very violent-oriented, very power-oriented, very aggressive, very controlling, very manipulative. Lots of reds going on at the death of Jesus. Um, so what are the transformational dilemmas for reds? What's going to cause reds to grow, to develop, to, to push through that ceiling and, and start to move into blue? Um, well, generally speaking, one of the biggest motivators is that their lifestyle and their beliefs are gonna hurt the people around them. And try as you like, it's hard to hurt people that you love. Um, and so when you're hurting the people around you, that's when you're gonna to start to hit the ceiling of red and start to transcend into blue. Um, it's not sustainable in the long run to live as a red person. You know, go point to me a dictator that lasts forever. You know, uh, every dictator ultimately get deposed, um, you know, and it usually isn't pretty. When they do, they're usually beheaded or shot or something. Um, and so dictators don't tend to survive very long, especially in a culture where there's lots of red, right? Because if I took my power by force, but then you live in fear your whole life, worried about the next person that's stronger because they will take the power by force as well and you're gonna end up with your head on a stick. You know, it's, it's not gonna be good. So generally speaking, it's, not, it's a position that you know you can't survive in for long and it's not very healthy um, for, for people to, to exist in that stage for very long. Um, it doesn't work for the larger group. So there's a lot of pressure externally and a lot of times people uprise and, and overthrow red um, because it's not something that works for everyone else. And it doesn't work for larger groups, for big groups, for, for um, you know, you think this might work for a, a small tribe of 100 people, but a red ruler over millions of people takes a lot more work and is a lot harder to make work and doesn't work for even more people, right? So instead of annoying, you know, 70 people out of the 100, you're now annoying, you know, 700,000 out of the million. That's a much bigger group to have that are pissed off with you, right? So uh, reds uh, tend to not do very well in larger groups and communities. Generally speaking, as communities grow, there's more need for uh, discipline and structure, rules, laws, uh, police, uh, governments, things like that are more needed as things grow and develop. And so actually, generally speaking, as structures grow and develop, 
uh, red starts to uh, run into a lot of problems. And you'll see this in churches as well as they get bigger. Uh, red churches often start to become a bit more blue because they need more structural organization. They look for more rules and regulations and rights and wrongs, and, and they start to shift a little bit into blue. They'll still be very red, though. Uh, a lot of stuff is, isn't going to change overnight, and some stuff might never change because of that one pressure. Um, but it can be a, a, a factor that, that causes a transformational dilemma. Um, so generally speaking, <coughs> person at reds that starts to desire some more stability, some more order, some more safety, security, certainty, you're, you're going to start to shift towards blue as you start to desire those things. You're going to see that you can't fully get those at reds. You're hitting a ceiling and you need to transcend. Um, most will probably never go through this stage culturally anyway. So you and I probably never have to uh, and never will have to go through it as, as, a, as a broader community, as a, as a nation, um, excuse me, even as a church, broadly speaking. So maybe some parts of our church are reds, but generally speaking, the church is probably um, at least blue uh, if, if you've grown up Christian uh, in most of the world. Certainly in, in uh, quote-unquote, again, civilized uh, uh, worlds, you know, maybe uh, Europe and, uh, and America um, uh, and obviously several other places as well. Um, so how do we work with reds? And let's finish up here. How, how do you and I, if we're not at reds, how do we deal with reds? So I said again with dealing with purple, you want to try and channel yellow. Now, most of us are not at yellow, but the yellow mentality is that every stage has value and no stage can be skipped. So if you're at blue, uh, you're probably the perfect person to be working with reds. But if you're at orange or green or, or later, you're going to struggle if you want to bring them to where you are. Um, so orange and green, be especially aware of this. You're gonna to want to move a red person straight to where you are, but they're gonna to need to go through blue. So you wanna be thinking how to blue operate, how to blue work, and obviously the next video is gonna be all about that. You wanna be thinking about that thing and, and how, do I, how do I cause those transformational dilemmas? How do I nudge those transformational dilemmas in red? But at the same time, how do I respect and value where red is? So we've gotta deal with people at red with great grace. now. It's easier to do that with purple than it is with red. In fact, red is the hardest stage to approach with grace because they are so militant, so aggressive. Uh, they don't listen well. They are very, very uh, controlling and manipulative and aggressive and violent. Um, you know, there's a great example. Uh, a while back, there was a publication where some missionaries went to go and love ISIS and they were gonna give them hugs and tell them that God loved them and they ended up dead. Um, now, that's pretty, normal. I, I would have said that would have happened 100% of the time, every outcome, unless God intervened somehow. That was exactly what was going to happen because that stage red, meeting people at maybe stage kind of quite green mentality, you know, so again, it's like speaking to Joseph Coney about saving the whales. He doesn't care. He does not care because he's currently, you know, entrapping small children uh, into warfare and causing them to kill their own mothers and rape them and then mutilate their sisters and their friends. You know, like, that's the kind of mentality of this person. And yet uh, we think, oh, could we talk to you about saving the whales? You know, that's what happened in that situation. Someone goes to ISIS who are ready to blow themselves up, kill themselves to kill others and prove that they're wrong. That's what they're willing to do. And you go and going, oh, can I just give you a hug? Can I love you? God loves you. Not your God. My God loves you. Um, and my God's right, right? So that's the implication. It's not going to go well. Okay, so there needs to be a lot of grace and understanding for where they are. And it's really hard to have that when they're so militantly against you. Now, it's important to remember they deserve to be where they are. Okay, 
they deserve to be at their stage just as much as you deserve to be at your stage because none of us have arrived and all of us are going to continue to grow and, and evolve and develop. So them being where they are is essential and it's important for them to go through that stage, okay? So even just pulling them through the stage into blue because we think blue is better is not going to be helpful for them because they need to healthily go through that stage, get all of that uh, into their psyche so that they can transcend and include, so they can bring what they need to out of that stage through them and not bring all the failings and the flaws and the limitations with them. Because when you get pulled into a stage that's later um, and you haven't worked out the flaws of your own stage, you're gonna bring those flaws with you, okay? So it's really important that we don't do that, right? And this is what happens when you grab a, a violent murderer and you just pop, pop him in church and say, oh yeah, you can hang out with us now, everything's fine and we won't judge you. The, the problem is, that's a beautiful and wonderful uh, perspective, but the problem is if he hasn't actually learned some of the limitations of how he operates and how it hurts other people and where it's not okay for him just to take what he wants, well, he'll probably really start hurting people around you. And that's fine if it's, he says some mean words, but it's not okay if he kills the associate pastor or what if he rapes someone in the youth. That's less okay, right? Um, so we want people to go through these stages and figure out the limitations and figure out what they do want to transcend and include. Okay, so people deserve to be at the stage they are at and it's really important to remember that when you're working with someone at stage red. Someone in the Westboro Baptist Church needs to be at that stage and they need to figure out the limitations. Now we're gonna help them figure out the limitations hopefully quicker. We're gonna help them get what's good out of that hopefully quicker. And we're gonna show them that there's an opportunity to step into blue hopefully quicker than if we weren't around. So it's not that we're not um, helping them on a journey. It's not that we're not partnering with, with, with God or the divine to move them in that direction. But it's, it is very, very important that we recognize that, that you can't just rip someone out of a stage and move them on just because it's very abhorrent to where you are, okay? So yes, it can be difficult. Yes, they can be militant and controlling and violent, but we, we must, uh, must resist that desire to just change them overnight because it's, it's, not gonna, it's not gonna help us or them, okay? We have to, um, we have to be aware that there's elements where they're gonna want you to believe what they believe and they are not going to interact with you at all unless you believe what they believe. So again, with purple, uh, with red as with purple, try and find areas where you agree. Um, now they might be few and far between, but there should be some stuff that you agree on. And, and that is gonna be key to um, connecting and developing trust and, and being able to communicate. Um, be careful not to be angry about how angry they get, right? Don't let their redness, their warriorness, turn you into a warrior, right? Um, that is very easy to do. I know I have gone through the roof getting angry with someone that's angry. And I'm like, oh, I'm so beyond that. I'm, I'm not like that. And then you get, you, you might not even to their face get angry, but you might go home and you're like, I'm so mad right now. That is allowing their redness to trigger some of your reds. And now that's really encouraging and helpful because now we can work through that. We can transcend and include it. Um, but it's it's not gonna be helpful in that space. They're gonna see you as a threat. They're gonna try and um, try and oppose you and, and push you out at best, or they might get aggressive towards you. You know, that's gonna um, be really problematic if, if you allow their aggressiveness to trigger aggressiveness in you. Um, be uh, passionate, um, but, try not to persecute them, okay? So they're gonna feel very 
judged, they're gonna feel downspoken to. If you're read and you're listening to this, you may feel very um, much like I'm speaking down to you. And I, and I don't mean to by any means, and, 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 and please hear me right again, there is no right, there is no wrong stage. You are at the stage you are at. Um, I don't mean to speak to you like that. Uh, I don't mean to sound like I'm on a, on a pedestal up above you. Um, the later stages are later. They're not better uh, necessarily for every person. They're, they're better for the person that has grown into them. They're not better for you. And so there's nothing wrong with you being at stage red, okay? So be careful that as you talk to stage reds, you don't um, fall into the trap of speaking down to them, of, of, of looking down on them. Um, this is really important as we work through the spiral. We do not want to be people that use the spiral to, to look down on people, to elevate people, to, um, to grade people as better or worse. That is the last thing that, that this is made for and this, is, uh, this model is developed for, okay? So it's very easy to abuse it and twist it, but I'd encourage you not to do that as best you can, okay? Really be aware of that tendency. Um, you, um, yeah, I think generally speaking, it's about having as much grace as you can have, working with them where they are, um, encouraging them where you can see room for growth, where you can see they're starting to hit the ceiling, where you can see the limitations of some of their beliefs are, are coming out. Feed those areas, encourage those areas. Um, but generally speaking with reds, you're gonna have to let it play out because they are very uh, egocentric, they're very individualistic, they aren't gonna play well with others, they aren't gonna listen very well. Um, some of this just has to burn out. Um, and, and the truth is, some people will take decades to get through this stage, if not longer. Some people might die at this stage, you know, as far as their faith goes, they're just not gonna grow beyond that. And, and ultimately, they can only do what they can do. That is all that can do. We, we only trust that, that the Holy Spirit leads us all, that guides us all into truth. Um, and we can only trust that that happens at the pace that it needs to happen for people. We, we can't make people grow and change um, any more than, than God can, and certainly any more than they can. Um, and so there needs to be a bit of grace and acceptance that they are on the journey they are. Uh, and that's gonna be the hardest at this stage of red. Um, so be aware of that when you're around red people, when you see red triggers. Um, now again, people are not always 100% at any stage. Someone that's at stage red might be 50% red, but they might be 25% purple, 25% blue. Appeal to some of that blue stuff as well. That's a real helpful way to, to see that grow and flourish. Um, and they'll naturally start to let go of some of their earlier tendencies. Um, and so that's a key element as well, okay? So recognize what you can appeal to and what you can't. Um, you know, if, if, if you come across someone that is um, deeply against uh, homosexuality um, and very nationalistic and anti-Islam or, or, you know, some different elements that might be quite, uh, quite red in the mentality, not saying that those things are right and wrong themselves, you can have those beliefs later on. And, and because of that, don't, don't, don't focus on that. Let them have those beliefs later on. They can deal with those and, and work those out later as, as they need to, if they need to. What to do is find areas where you agree, where they might be more open to change, where they might be less rigid and fixed. Um, those are the areas to start working on. Those are the areas to start connecting over. Um, and I, I really believe you'll see a lot of change when you, when you can figure out those nuances because before that, you're gonna go after the things that insult you, offend you, that you see as so wrong or um, so uh, abhorrent. And, and what's gonna happen is you're gonna push that person back. And whatever happens is when you push people too far, too fast, what happens is they tend to take uh, a step back and they regress and they, they dig their heels in as deep as they can. And so what you're gonna see is red people that are starting to hit the ceiling 
maybe getting towards it, if you push them too far, they're going to regress hard. Um, and so we've seen that again and again in politics, you know, people that become more and more progressive, but then something happens that's too progressive and they swing back and it seems like a fierce change. What's happened? Everyone's, everyone's changed overnight. No, no, no. People have just regressed into an earlier part of their own stage. So someone that's at stage red or blue that was pushed to become green before they became blue or orange, they're going to go deep into their red and their blueness. Um, and so it's really important that you don't push people too far, too fast, because it's actually going to slow down their process and their progress. All right, let's stop there and I'll see you in the next video for Stage Blue. All right, so that was Stage Red. I hope you're enjoying this series. Um, there's a few more to go. We are really only just starting to tap the surface. And so really it's at the next uh, audio, uh, Stage Blue blue that we're really going to dive into stuff that you're going to be seeing day in day out you may in fact be stage blue i know a lot of people that are listening to the podcast will find themselves rooted in and around stage blue um so really it's stage blue orange and uh green that most of the audience uh listen to this podcast find themselves in and so the next three episodes are going to be the ones that um really uh, kick off and get exciting and they're maybe going to get very frustrating for some of you as well because uh, you might not like to see where you're at and, and have the mirror held up um, but that's okay as well that's good that's great it's a good opportunity to grow and learn and and, and develop um, anyway I'm going to leave you there um, if you can't wait till next week for stage blue they are all available on thegracecourse.com as always for free you can watch the whole series there um, right through to the last uh, video on stage yellow um, and if you want to support what I'm doing, uh, this ministry, um, all the free resources I put out, the help I do in interacting with people day in, day out who are journeying in their faith and, and trying to figure out their faith, you can support me over at thegracecourse.com as well. And also, I want to let you know about a new website I have. If you are deconstructing your faith, if you are going through a process of unraveling um, some of your faith, if, if that word deconstructing resonates with you, or maybe even you're reconstructing, you might want to check out the deconstruction deconstructionnetwork.com. Um, it's a new website I've made that um, basically is solely uh, for the purpose of helping people connect with other people who are going on a similar journey. And so I found a lot of people that are going through this process of unraveling their faith, trying to rebuild their faith from the ground up. Um, some people still in the process of just unraveling. Um, it can be a very lonely process. It can feel very lonely. Often you're you're um, you're disowned by family, by church, by friends, um, and you can feel very much like you're on your own. And that isn't the case. There are so many people around the world who are going through this process. And so um, I set up the Deconstruction Network, and by signing up, you basically put yourself on the map, a little pin, um, and you can search for people around you and see if there are people in your city, in your area, that you can send a message to and hopefully connect with in person. That's, that's the goal, at least. And we've had people from all over the world. We have people in Detroit, in Chile, in Germany, in um, in the UK, um, all over the world. We've had people connect with, with one another already, and it's still at very, very early stages. There's only about 600 people on there or so um, for now. And so if that sounds like something that you would really um, resonate with, I'd encourage you to go check out the deconstructionnetwork.com. Um, um, anyway, I'll see you next week for Stage Blue. Be blessed.